walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Verses 2 to 5. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 33. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit... He went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. John 1, 1-14 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Good evening, everybody. It's really good to be with you. My name is Sophie. I'm the curate and uh, do the youth work here at St. Paul's. And it is cold, but good (laughs) to be here. You've actually warmed the building up. uh, So thank you for your input already. It's my privilege this evening to share a little of what the Christmas story means, particularly for this moment in time, for this moment in our history. And why we think that the wait is over. I was four years old. My sister was eight. And we had waited through the longest night of our little lives. And we woke up on Christmas morning. The wait was over. We were kind children. And so we thought we would give our parents a lie-in on Christmas morning. Our youngest sister had only just turned one. So they could have done with the sleep. We climbed out of our bunk beds, closed our bedroom door so quietly in only the way that children who are waking up early can. And we took our Christmas stockings off our bedposts to discover a world of childhood treasures, a pencil sharpener, some socks and pants, A pad of post-it notes, a toothbrush, a yo-yo, some stickers that likely ended up on our bunk beds, and the stuff that a child's Christmas morning dreams are made of. We giggled and we laughed and we yelped with glee each time we took something out. Christmas stockings have always been the highlight of Christmas for my sisters and I. In fact, my mum still makes me one. I know. There you go. And with each item, our yelps of joy became shouts and screams of ecstasy until we found the true treasure at the bottom of the toe, the chocolate. (laughs) As we giggled and started to unwrap them, wondering how we'd been so lucky, we heard my dad coming. Excited that he was finally awake, we opened the door, only my dad wasn't very excited. In fact, as we stared at his face, we began to notice that it still looked a little tired. And a frustration that only a parent who was tired crept 
across his face. It was 4 a.m. <laughs> Waiting for Christmas as a child in our family held a joyful expectation. As we waited to open our stockings, we were full of joy. But sometimes the waiting is not so easy. And we climbed back into bed and had to restart the waiting period. Christmas morning has never come so slowly. (laughs) Between 4 a.m. and probably only 5 a.m., to be honest. Our disappointed dad, back in bed, his sleep broken. Our hearts had sunk. Though this was simply a light-hearted expression of waiting, as a four-year-old in the 1990s of the UK, I think we can all recognize the feeling of the journey of waiting. There are times when waiting is amazing, when we wait for something that we know will be good, much like a Christmas stocking. I remember waiting for my wedding day with such joy, such excitement, and an overwhelming hope for all that would be. At other times, the wait is testing, but it's still good because we know what's coming. We know that what we wait for will bring us joy and relief, a long-awaited answer. But sometimes, the waiting is not much like waiting for Christmas as a child. In fact, even at Christmas, the waiting can be painful, distressing, uncomfortable, and it can feel like it will never end. It feels like the wait is never going to be over. For some of us, we're not waiting for Christmas morning. We're waiting for something else. I wonder what it is that you are waiting for. What is the Christmas of your life? Perhaps you're waiting for medical results, for a child, a new job, a holiday, exam results, for the chaos of your life to be still, a change in your circumstance, or as someone told me just this morning, the gas man. Perhaps you wait, as many of us do, with the hope that the relentless battering of the pain of our world would cease and that peace would come to all people and to every nation. At Christmas, we remember the story of a world waiting for a saviour, someone who would take away the pain and the suffering and bring peace that everyone longed for so that their wait would be over. In 2022, what is it that we have been waiting for? Here in Camberley, in the UK, in our world, I think it's the same thing. We are waiting for peace. Peace can seem elusive, and yet so often we find ourselves desperately craving it and seeking it. We seek peace on the earth. The cry of many, many people at Christmas time and throughout the year for our world to be free from war, free from destruction, and free from greed. We seek peace within our own relationships, brought into sharp focus at a time of year when we gather together with those we love, remembering those we miss, or those who are distant from us. We seek peace within ourselves, trying to find ourselves, our purpose, and our sense of belonging. I remember clearly my mum asking for some peace and quiet. You now know why. It came often when I was growing up, 
as one of four children, and my story of Christmas morning shows it was probably well-deserved. We work hard to get peace. We make decisions when we feel peaceful about an outcome. We, know, we all know, and perhaps now personally know, those who have fled from war in order to seek peace or fight in wars to protect their nation's peace. Children and adults who long for nothing more than a peaceful family time without fighting, without conflict or abuse. Families who have, decide, have to decide between heating or food for their children. They long for financial peace and stability. And peace is what Christmas should be about. It's even what consumerism sells us at Christmas from approximately August. If we could just have a new phone, our life would be much more organized and so we would feel peaceful. If we just get that snazzy massage gun, our bodies will feel peaceful. A gingerbread latte while you shop will bring you a moment's peace. Just one more task at work and you'll get some peace from your boss. Just one more self-help book. One extra deep breath in the chaos of anxiety or depression will bring you back to peace. Or just one more hour's sleep from an unsettled child. Whole lives are changed around whether we feel peaceful or not, or whether peace is found or fought or held on to. Peace is a powerful thing. This, as Tom said, will be the first time in three years that we have met together at Christmas in its entirety. No restrictions to our gatherings, clinging still to the hope that all will be well. As we meet, we know that it is not so for everyone around the world, where conflict, suffering, starvation, poverty are thick and heavy burdens, where the hope of Christmas feels further away than we would care to imagine. We emerge from the darkness of a global pandemic and we see a war break out over our world in even more places. We see humanity pitting against one another, dehumanizing the other and losing our own humanity in the process. We face this cost of living crisis, a climate crisis for the coming generations and a mental health crisis emerges from the strain of a high-speed society that craves attention but cannot find belonging or peace in their hearts. And yet, in the midst of it all, Jesus comes. Where the waiting is a painful place to be, or even an excited place to be. And we long for peace. Jesus comes. The wait is over. As the prophet Isaiah says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Their wait was over. Into this world of pain, Jesus came. That is, after all, what Christmas is about. And those of you who are here this evening know or perhaps want to know that there is something more 
than the commercial-driven materialism of Christmas. Something more than the traditions, something more than the parties and the copious amounts of pigs in blankets. We want to know that there is a different kind of way, a different kind of hope, a different kind of peace. And there is. And it is one that emerges from the waiting. The Hebrew people had waited a lot longer for the coming of of their saviour than we have for Christmas 2022. Since the last prophet had said anything about a saviour, the Messiah who would set them free, it had been over 400 years. And 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah prophesied what I've just read, that the prince of peace would come into a troubled world. Isaiah had glimpsed how wonderful, how glorious it would be when the saviour, Jesus, would come into the world. Just listen to those words. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The wait was over. It's no wonder there wasn't a stream of people flocking to see Jesus at the manger. They'd probably given up hope after 700 years that God would actually do something to bring them freedom. Even after God had said time and again through the prophets, God's messengers, that he would act. If they truly knew what they were waiting for, for 700 years, I think they'd have been en route to Jesus before you could say, the wait is over. Our world isn't that different in many ways to the world that Isaiah speaks to. When he prophesied about Jesus 700 years before his birth, we hear in our readings all about the darkness, the lack of hope, the pain and the suffering and the turmoil, and we still find ourselves in the midst of a similar story over 2,000 years later. We meet Simeon tonight in our readings. And Simeon has been waiting a really, really long time. He'd been told by God that he would meet the saviour of the world before he died. He would have known all the prophecies and the timeline and the history and still he trusted and he waited that it would come good. So when the time comes, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to be dedicated at the temple where they bump into Simeon who takes Jesus in his arms and praises God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon had waited and waited and waited. And he had held on to the promise that he would see the Saviour. And on meeting the baby Jesus, he found his peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the one he had been promised, the one he was waiting for. For Simeon, he no longer had to wait. His wait was over. Peace is the bringing together of two things broken, detached, estranged even. It is the reconciliation of nations at war, of people in pain, of broken relationships. It's the reconciliation of us with our physical world and of the turmoil in our own hearts. 
It brings us back together. It brings us all back together. Peace does that. If you've ever experienced peace, you know what I mean when I say it closes a gap. It fills a gap. In a world that is troubled and broken, where pain is unceasing in so many ways, Jesus comes again and again. The first Christmas story is made real in our lives. As we wait for peace and find it in Jesus Christ, Son of God, born over 2,000 years ago, but as real to us today as he was then, the wait is over. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And if Jesus truly is the Prince of Peace, and I believe that he is, then it is Jesus who sits in the gap between us and God. That desire to know peace, to seek it out, to go after feeling at peace, is the gap that Jesus fills. He is our peace. When we know Jesus, we know peace. And so even in the biggest turmoil of our lives, because we can know God, a God who loves us with an unending love, and we are promised his peace through Jesus, we can know peace. And yet we still wait, because there's no denying that it's painful at times to wait, and that our world is not as it should be. We feel unsettled, and we cannot find our peace. And so we wait still for that glorious day when Jesus will come and all the earth will finally, once and for all, be reconciled to God. We still wait because we still need God today in 2022. We still know, need to know that we are loved. We still need to know that we belong to the God who made us, who knows us and who loves us. Paul writes to the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The truth is, we're all waiting for something. And when we find it, we find our peace and the wait is over. Because Jesus came as a baby without a show, humbly in a manger, no pizzazz, just the reality of human life. God made man. And Jesus lived a perfect life, dying for us on the cross and rising again to life that we might have life in all its fullness. In Jesus, we find what we are waiting for, our peace, the restoration of our relationship with God. You didn't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Jesus arrives again and again to draw you back to your creator. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Like Simeon, if you are still waiting for your peace, you may simply need to reach out for the first time or perhaps for what seems like the millionth time, recognizing that the life we have led has not brought us the peace we seek, that we need Jesus. And if we turn to God and follow him, we can receive the peace that Jesus brings and it will guard us. It will transcend our understanding and lead us back to God. This evening, 
I want to ask you one simple question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? God has come. God has come. You can know his peace. You can know his forgiveness, his freedom, his hope, his love that is unmatchable, his love that is unprecedented. How? By putting your trust in Jesus. The wait, your wait is over.